Hello and welcome to another fun episode of the Lewis and Kyle show. Today, I sit down with Max London, the co-founder at Contactbird, a tool that helps anyone automate their Twitter DMs to get high quality leads and find new customers using what Max believes is a highly underutilized channel to send messages. In this conversation, we talk about Max's backstory from going from a viral TikTok content creator to a Twitter lead generation business to business type agency, and now turning that into the SaaS platform of ContactBird and his vision for the future there. We discuss the challenges and opportunities people have when using Twitter cold DMs to find new customers for their business. We discuss how Max went viral on Twitter so quickly. And of course, as always, we discuss a whole lot more. I'm excited for you to listen to this conversation, and I'm going to switch over to it now. Enjoy. Max, we're about to have a fun conversation. Thanks for being on the show. I'm super excited to be here, dude. I know we've talked a little bit in the DMs. We also have talked before this. So I think this will be a fun hangout session. Oh, absolutely. Why was it not until this morning that I knew you had a TikTok account? How did I only find that out today? <laughs> yeah, dude. So I actually, back in 2020. Big TikTok account, I'd say. Yeah, well. I think, um, and slept on too. It's kind of a sleeping giant right now. So I, in 2020, I mean, I'm a huge book nerd. I, we were just talking about his books in the back, but I used to read a shit ton of personal finance books and still do the, to this day. I, I love, you know, personal finance stuff. And I was like, yeah, none of my friends like personal finance. Like no one likes kind of the investing strategy, saving money, all this type of stuff. And I was like, I think this is super interesting. So I just made a TikTok account about it back in December of 2020, I'm pretty sure. And um, this was when I was working as I had an agency at that time. But I was in Nashville and I was working for a startup fintech company as an SDR. And I started that account on Monday. And on Friday, the account had like 40,000 followers. Whoa. I posted like a TikTok on there and it went stupid. And I was like, holy shit, other people care about this too. This is wild. So I, um, I, I pushed that account for about um, a year or so, a year and a half maybe. And then I've really just slept on it since then. I, I, I fall in love with the Twitter game, man. It's just like way more rewarding. I feel like the connections that I get there, like I get to meet people like you, like I get to connect with people that are, I don't know, maybe on the same path as I am. And, um, you know, TikTok's more of just kind of a grab bag of things. And sure. also I just, it was all for fun. Like, I think I maybe made $10,000 from that account. Maybe, maybe like off of sponsorship sponsorships, probably around 10 K. Um, and you would think you would make way more with 30,000 or sorry, 350,000 followers, but you know, I don't know if it's just a platform or, you know, the sponsorships I was getting and stuff like that. But I was just like, nah, it really wasn't tickling my fancy anymore. So haven't been pushing it that hard now. That's funny that you found that though. Well, I was uh, looking at your YouTube channel as well, because uh, yes. I was trying to find some previous podcasts you've been on to listen to just to do research. And I'm like, okay, 5k yes. is not an insignificant amount of YouTube subscribers either. And, yes. uh, and I think something there, there was like a, I don't totally know what gave me what gave it away. I think there was just like a maybe just link in one, one of the episodes in your show to you're like, follow me on TikTok. And I'm like, yep. Follow him on TikTok. All right. Like, Hold up. All right. So right now you have, you just hit 7k followers on Twitter pretty recently. Crazy. Uh, it takes me, I'm kind of not the fastest uh, podcast publisher. I'll probably be a solid four weeks at least to get That's this fine. That's what's fine. the, uh, what's the prediction for four weeks from now? Four 10K? weeks from now. 10k within, before this is published, man. Um, that would be great. I think 10k would be beautiful. I'm I'm just floored by how quickly like this is, you know, my Twitter account has taken off in my opinion. I mean, obviously, I know some accounts like there's much bigger accounts than myself, but just seeing kind of the Twitter growth as is, 
10K would be amazing. I mean, I would be ecstatic. I really started taking Twitter seriously maybe four months ago. Uh, besides that, I was all on TikTok, like you've seen TikTok, YouTube, you know, really pushing that. And I just didn't like Twitter. Like I was just not a fan of Twitter. Um, I pushed it hard probably back in 2014 to 2016 and then just gave up. Was like, yeah, I was just messing with my friends. I never used it for business. And then, um, yeah, I just jumped back in the game and started taking traction. So hopefully in four weeks soon, if we were at 10K, I would be the happiest camper alive before they already. All righty. Well, the people listening to this will know. I'll pro- Maybe I'll wait four weeks to record the introduction. Uh, yes. So I can have some... Uh some cheating with some context the, the benefit be of sick. making content asynchronously yes why are you taking twitter so seriously like what changed what did you realize that you're like damn twitter's like i'm a young guy i'm trying to make money it is worth it to spend a lot of time on twitter why? yes great great question so four months ago um i think it was yeah god that's flown by four months ago um, <laughs> i was still in the agency space like i was actually um when i was in nashville i was doing a bunch of real estate like flipping houses wholesaling buying rentals and that type of thing still had my agency though just to pay for my life and stuff like and that what did the agency do so i started my agency back actually in 2017 is when i opened up the llc so i've been in the agency space for a while now <sighs> had kind of a hybrid um, of, a, of an agency and an e-com store at the same time. I was kind of doing like, I didn't realize it was an agency, but I was like helping other people and they would pay me, you know, a monthly retainer for that. And I had like a, an e-com store at the time. So I was doing both actually at the same time. So it was more of like a creative agency of anything where I was just helping brands grow. The problem I saw with that was like scalability and all these different types of things. But to, to answer your question about Twitter was I was kind of in uh you know I-, I wanted to scale my agency more it was like right around i think 18k mrr at that point when i was like at this point of when i wanted to touch twitter and i actually saw a video by michael gardner um i'm not sure if you are familiar with michael gardner he's a super super smart guy he's in the email marketing space someone i look up to a ton and have had the privilege to talk with him on, on a couple of different times but super smart guy and he was on a podcast and he was talking about Twitter like so much. He's like, I'm landing probably 10 to 15 calls a month off of Twitter alone. And I'm like, damn, I did not even think I could make money on Twitter, which is just like, again, just talking about my TikTok. Like I was like, no, I, I know how to do TikTok. I know how to do Instagram. I had an agency focusing on Instagram and TikTok. I so I was Instagram yet either. I got I to gotta yeah. take care of that after this too. Check yeah, out. dude, my. Yeah, my Instagram, my Instagram page, actually, my personal ones low key, I like to just keep it like just kind of stuff that I like. Personal. But yeah, um, I had five clients on Instagram that I grew, grew from zero to around um, an average of probably 150,000 followers on each of these Solid. accounts. So that was what my agency was based on. But I was struggling with scaling it. Um, and like I mentioned before, I know we're kind of going out of, you know, chronological order of like, you know, the, the origin story. Have hopefully to be people are order. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully people are 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 getting it. But um since I was in the SDR world for a startups fintech company, you know, in in the SaaS world, I was like, all right, I know how to book meetings for people. I know how to connect businesses from one to the next. I'm going to start following what Michael Gardner's doing because he was saying like his business at the time, I think they were right around 40K MRR. And I was like, I kept hitting a ceiling right around 20K MRR because I had all these different types of companies and I they had so much variability. It was like I was, there was no blueprint. There was no scale. There's no SOPs or anything like that. So it's like, damn, I really need to get something more scalable. That's what I kept. I kept running into that problem of scaling. So that opened my eyes to Twitter 
And I started getting, you know, I, I switched more to a B2B offer, still have my creative agency, but I was like, let me just test the waters here. I mean, I booked a meeting, I think like maybe day four or five being on Twitter. And I was like, holy shit, for, this is- And what was the offer? So this was B2B Legion. This was B2B okay. Legion for- agencies, startups that had some form of backing, you know, some sort of funding mm -hmm. behind them um, or some SaaS companies too. I, we had one SaaS client, but um, I was like, I know I can do this because I've, I've come from the SDR place. I was a sales lead. I knew how to do all of that type of thing. So I was like, damn, people are getting paid, you know, 100, 200. I was, some of my clients were paying me 300, $400 a meeting. So I was like, I'm double downing on this. And as soon as I got an offer or not an offer, a meeting there, close the first meeting, like by, by luck, I didn't even know what my offer was on the meeting, but um, locked in that. And I was like, I've sold on Twitter ever since then. Just the caliber yeah. of people, the people that are driven on there, the community that's on there. So was there, that four months ago or that was a while ago? That was that my B2B Legion like agency was three and a half months ago is when I started wow. that. But the creative agency, I had that for fuck man from 2017 on so 2017 and i and you know i had a job then too so i like i took it less seriously when i had a job because i was like oh let's see what this is about and i was like yeah no way i'm built for this um yeah. like i really wanted to scale much much faster and then start making more with my marketing and i was like yeah i'm dipping out of this um and just started taking on more clients there so the evolution just to recap was started a, a an agency started getting in kind of the marketing space back in 2016, 2017 is when I opened up the LLC, had an e-com store, realized it's going to be very hard to make six and seven figures selling, you know, $15 profit shirts. Um, so I was like, yeah, I, I'm not going to be doing this for too much longer, but a lot of people were hitting me up to help them out with growing a social media, fell into the agency world. I didn't even know that was the agency world. Just started picking up some clients doing that. Realized that wasn't scalable because there's too much variety and there's too much to, the, the blueprint wasn't there really is what mm -hmm. it came, comes down to. And then um, during that time, I was an SDR sales lead, really transitioned over back into the agency space and then went B2B. Then from the B2B, we went into contact bird after that. So that's kind of okay. the, the evolution um, just to sum up everything. I know we bounced around there, but hopefully people could grasp that. How did you first find Michael Gardner? So he was actually on Iman's channel um, probably two years ago um, was the first time that I saw him. So Iman um, just interviewed him, Iman Ghazi? Yeah, he's uh, – Michael's actually a, an Apex coach now. Um, so he's, he's evolved. Iman has like grow your agency and then he's got mm -hmm. Apex on top of that too. Okay. Apex is kind of like the next step after that and Michael's a, a coach in there. So um, I've seen him pop around on Iman's page I think a couple of times and I watched one of his interviews then and then he popped up as a suggested um, you know, video and then I clicked on that and he was talking with uh, Nils from Instantly, the founder yep. of Instantly. And then they were just shooting the shit there and I was like, dang, Michael's a super legit dude and then dove into all of his content there. So honestly, just by the the blessing of the YouTube algorithm gods, just saying, here's here's Michael Gardner. <laughs> and then I was like, dang, this is something. Um, and literally day one, like as soon as I saw that, I just dove headfirst into it. I'm like, I know I can do B2B Legion. I just need to be posting on Twitter like a madman. Um, so that's kind of the evolution there. What's been your growth strategy on Twitter? Great question. So in the beginning was an absolute shotgun, just like try anything, post like a madman. And then I still talked to, right? <laughs> I'm still there. <laughs> Dude, that's how I, that's how I yeah. figured it out. And then I talked to, um, 
to some people in the ghostwriting space, like who had seven figure ghostwriting agencies and the blueprint that I use and by all means steal this, you know, anyone that's listening to this, um, you know, run with this. I do five tweets a day, like five short, short little tweets, little pieces of value, five of those a day. Then I do two to three threads every single week, one to four DM posts on top of that. So that's the triple threat option that I'm running right now. For people that do not know what a DM post is, basically it's like you make something valuable, whether it's a PDF, a Loom video, or some sort of resource. And then you say like, you know, retweet or comment this, that, and the other, and then I'll give it to you for free. And then you use Hype Fury or Tweet Hunter to basically automatically send it to them. So that combination of those three things, I find the... The DM post is like the cast net going out there, getting a new yep. audience in. The threads are kind of like, let's dive into a subject where they like, you might, might have some authority behind it. You might be able to show a little testimonial, you know, that's kind of like authority building. And then the little bits and pieces of value is like, okay, I see him every single day. It's at the top of mind. Now, if I ever needed this, that, and the other from this person, I'm going to that person because they're always on my timeline. So that's the blueprint that I've been running with. I might switch it up later down the road. I haven't been doing as many DM posts right now. Basically, that's that's the exact blueprint of you know what I've been running from. And that's scaled me from in three months from like I think 300 followers I had to now 7,000 that we just hit now. Hopefully 10,000 by the time this launches. Hell yeah. Uh, there's probably a lot more I can ask you about like Twitter strategy and sure. are you writing everything one day per week and just scheduling it for the next seven days? Are you waking up every morning at six and just Twitter mode? Where are you <laughs> at? These are great questions. So I actually, I I'm way too busy to do all of this on my own. I'm my, I actually had a full-time copywriter helping me with my B2B Legion agency. Now he's just more one of my friends and we just bounce ideas off of each other. So we have like sessions where we brainstorm basically and front load and leverage everything in that time so it's like all right let's like grind this for an hour or two hours and then schedule everything out for the week so then we've leveraged that time where it's not it's much easier to just like get the creative juices flowing for me personally just to sit down for an hour or two grind it all out and then have it scheduled for that time than to just think of these things on the run because you're just so busy in your day-to-day -day where you just forget to you know schedule or forget to post something or you might have a good idea and like shit i forgot that you know that type of thing I like to leverage and schedule everything in like an hour to two hour settings for at least three to seven days ahead of time. That's what I found has worked for me. Some people might like to work more on the fly, but yeah, that's, that's what I've been running with. But I have someone who's a much better writer than me that I get the ideas going and then we just brainstorm back and forth on like, what do you think? Like, how should I put this? You know, that type of thing. And it's just made it way more polished. So I wish I could do it all by myself, but I do not have enough time to, you know, come up with all of it on my own. One thing I think that you do really well is like, not repetition, but like repeating the same types of ideas over and over and over again. And I think that's something that's difficult for people to learn. It's like, you don't, you can say the same thing over and over and over and over again. Like, do you have like a, like a brand document where you're like referring, like, these are like my five beliefs that I'm trying to like, just exert into the world. Or you just like, cause I feel like the premise of a lot of them are like, send a lot of cold DMs. Right. But it's like, you yes. found a thousand ways to say that. Yes. And it's exactly. Valuable. It's great, great. I wish I, I wish I had a good, you know, like a thing to say, like, this is what I've been doing for that. The reason why I do that, I don't know how exactly we do it, but the reason why we do that is I just think about it like normal advertising. Like you might pass the same billboard a hundred times, but on that a hundred once time, now you're like, I actually do need that thing on the billboard or like, you know, the same thing where it's like, 
you see you know maybe five to ten different variations of commercials and by on the on the ninth variation it then clicks there it might not even be like one of those commercials might be quote unquote better than the other ones it's just the repetition of being at top of mind so really you're right it is very much like you're saying the exact same thing it's like you know a lot of people know if they work out and they eat right they can get into shape but like for to see a personal trainer say it a hundred times and then on the hundredth one time it's like okay now i'm actually going to do that it's the constant being at the top of mind just getting a little bit of attention every single time and i don't know if it's this the creativity of just like what you know what i've been seeing in the marketplace and i obviously have a lot of people i get to talk to about dm so i see a lot of different perspectives so that can help me kind of come up with multiple different things but you're right we basically say the same thing you know million different ways and try to keep it as interesting as possible and then we'll sprinkle in some other things on top of it but the reasoning why we do that is just to always be at the top of the mind when when you see it on the timeline like i will start ripping dms today not wait tomorrow or just skip over it Let's get into the meat of the conversation a little bit now with ContactBird. How did ContactBird come into existence? Great question. And I think this is probably where people are going to get the most amount of value um, and maybe see a little bit of a glimpse behind building a SaaS. So ContactBird, of all places, started from a cold DM. So it's like a perfect circle of life um, on where it started. So this is when I still have my B2B Legion agency. My now business partner, Steven, he reached out to me on a cold DM and was like, I'm a developer, you know, I'm, I'm building, he actually already sold a SaaS by this time, just, you know, a, a smaller exit, more of like an, a micro exit, but for that matter, still sold a, a SaaS. And he sent me this long ass spammy cold DM. And I remember just looking at it and, and it was like, I think 830 in the morning. And I, I looked at my girlfriend, I was like, should I jump on a meeting with this guy? Like, I really, I don't, I'm really tired. I don't know if I want to. And she's like, yeah, do it. Like I, we, you got nothing better else to do. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do it. So we jumped on a meeting and basically he was like, Hey, I'm building SASs. Um, you know, I want to see if you can help me market it. You know, I want to see if you can help me connect B2B, you know, basically pushing on my offer. And oh, I was like, yeah, you'd already been pushing on Twitter. I'm the guy for exactly B2B offers. I'm the guy Exactly. So I was already positioning myself to be, you know, oh, I know how to do B2B. I already like I wasn't like, you know, I was just chilling on Twitter, never posted anything. And he hit me up and was like, let's build a SaaS together. I was already posting stuff, you know, B2B wise already on there. And then it was like, okay, I need help building my SaaSes. I can build them, but I'm just not good at marketing and connecting them with businesses. And I was like, let's just, let's just see where this goes. You know, I, I was very just kind of like, ah, we'll see kind of, you know, how this, you probably won't, you know, pay my, pay my offer. It was, it was very high ticket. So I was like, I just don't see, you know, this working out. And sure enough, like we started just talking, sending voice messages, memos back and forth on, on WhatsApp. And I was like, I will not do anything unless I'm jumping in with equity. That was just kind of my, yeah. my one thing from the get. I was like, I don't want to waste your time. I don't think, you know, you want to pay the the thousands of dollars to, you know, for my offer, but I will jump in with equity. And then he was like, I'm down, let's do equity. And did he come to you with an idea time, or he just said, I want to do a SaaS vaguely related to your niche? both. So he already had the idea. He was already building something similar, like basically what we have today. He was already kind of working on the idea of contact bird. And then when I jumped in, I was like, no, we, it, I just had the product market fit in mind where I was like, I'm booking meetings right now with, you know, cold DMS let's work together and like really change this. But he, he laid the foundation. Like he was already working on an MVP. And then he was like, 
I need help like scaling this up to market after that. So he already was kind of putting the pieces together. He just needed help basically marketing it. And then I saw and I was like, dude, let's run with this and brand it as hard as possible as like the instantly, but for Twitter. Um, and I told the instantly boys, like, that's literally what we're doing. We're trying to make the instantly, but for Twitter um, and you don't have to pay for leads. So, you know, that's kind of like the, the approach that we came to, but it all came from a cold DM, which I think is like, the, yeah. the proof is in the pudding right there. Like we are built on the foundation of how we started of what we offer actually. So were you already sending a lot of cold DMs before Good contact word? I was probably sending 10 to 20 a day and okay. very high personalized, very like very sniper method, not going shotgun spray and pray, but like, this is someone that I think would be a good client. I'm going to reach out to them. So I was sending probably 10 to 20. And the problem was, is when I felt like it. So it's yeah. not, you know, consistently 50 to hundred a day. It was 10 to 20 when I felt like it. And I knew the success that was, I was already getting from it. So I was already sold on the product market fit. I was like, we need to sell it like this though. So 10 to 20 a day. And then, you know, some days I might send 50 if I'm feeling crazy, but then there was a lot of days where I would just forget to send it because I had to do service fulfillment or I had to do something else that, you know, was more priority on that day. Were you writing them yourself? Yes. I was doing all of them myself. Yeah. I had okay. an inbox manager to help me out a little bit once the, the, the responses came out, came in. Um, uh, but they were more helping inbox managing my, my emails. And I was like, Hey, mm -hmm. can you just help me manage my Twitter? Like, it's not that bad. It's maybe like five responses a day. Um, but <laughs> it was all very personalized, a lot of time, like trying to dig into something. Like I was like trying to have normal conversations. It took a ton of time out of my day, especially when you're trying to run an agency. How are you doing the prospecting? Good question. So I would basically go to how I would prospect now, even using contact for it, but I would go to these accounts and I now call them watering holes where you can find the, your target ICP is surrounding, you know, this watering hole or this person's account or, you know, profile and going through that and saying, okay, is this person qualified? Or are they not qualified? So I was going like, when I say sniper mode, like going in, like every Clicking single the profile, exactly like scanning it. Is this a legit person? Is it not a person? So I was going through accounts where I th felt like my ICP was there. I just had to do more, you know, digging to kind of uncover these people. But now, you know, with contact bird, I just basically go the shotgun method, pull them all, and then just hit everybody in the entire industry. It's kind of like our play now because we'll hit everyone at that point. But then I was going very surgically through thinking in my mind, would my offer resonate with them? If it was yes, I put them on a Google Sheets and hit them. If it was no, I'd just skip them and go to the next person. Very time consuming though. We'll come back to some contact for questions in a second. You went to college, right? Did you go to college? Yes. I went to university. Yeah. Went to okay. business school in there too. Not for grad no, you went school. To, oh, you went to Georgia. School. Wake Forest. Wake my Forest. family okay. went to Georgia. Yeah. Okay. My entire family went to Georgia. Huge Georgia Bulldog fan. So okay. big dub there this year. But yeah, I went to college. Then you went to Wake. We talked about that. And I sent you a picture of me there when I was like 16. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Okay. Uh, and so you were running your agency throughout college? Yeah. So okay. that's when I was still doing kind of the e-com agency hybrid. Um, and I remember sitting in a business class like, you know, like in marketing, if all places marketing. And I remember sitting in the class being like, this is so outdated because I was running literally a marketing agency at the time. And I was like, I, I don't think this person's ever run like a marketing agency. So that's like, in my mind, I was like, all right, I'm going to double down on the thing that I know that's paying me now. Uh, yeah. But again, it was very much like when I had free time and I wasn't treating it like a full-blown business, but you know, even starting it when I was 
whatever, how many years ago that was, whenever 2016, 2017 was, I was like, dang, this is paying me. I'm just going to keep doing this. I didn't even think about scalability or anything like that. I was just like, I'm going to continue this and try to get paid through college and just keep running through it then. But I had no plans with it. Like, sure. I was like I'm just going to keep doing this because I was getting paid. Okay. I just wanted to ask this question. So I thought this would be helpful for some people and for me. Yes. Let's talk about cold DM scripting and strategy now. Beautiful. So who are the main people that you're trying to get to use contact for? So I, you know, I think I've kind of come up with like a somewhat novel use case. I've primarily been using it for content marketing. Yes. I love that uh, idea. Meaning like, Hey, I, I published this. So one example, I think I, I share this with you, but I'll, I'll share it again is mm. I wrote a tweet about Upwork, right? It's like, mm. these are, uh, meetings. These are Upwork proposals. I wrote a thread that's like proposals I used on Upwork that led to booked appointments. Yes. Like how to write love that Upwork proposal. And so I scraped thousands of people using contact bird who follow Upwork. I said, I saw that you follow Upwork. So there's a decent chance you're also a freelancer. This mm. is some copy that's worked for me recently. And like, I love it. And that's just like nice building goodwill and like yes. getting engagement for the thread as well. And also just like a lot of followers from that. And people being like, hey, this is, this is nice. Thanks for sending this to me. Yes. And you are, you are a nominally, a nominally, I can't even speak. You are someone who is very special in the, in the case where they do not put two and two together where it's like, I'm going to build goodwill. The people that do by far the best on contact board are people with high ticket offers. So I'm not talking about like, I'm going to sell, you know, the $15 t-shirt like I was doing before, but selling a high ticket offer to someone and going in and not going for the sell off the bat. Like, I think I saw a tweet the other day. I can't remember who posted it, but it was like the best way to sell is not to sell. And that is so true, especially when it comes to Twitter, email and LinkedIn, a little bit different, you know, um, I'd say arena. It's just, you know, a little bit more professional. Hit me with the offer and let's see if this works. Twitter's like, let's be friends. Let's see if we can figure something out here. And then let's move forward after that. A lot of people will, and I had a spaces last night when we were talking about it there, will be like, Hey man, I saw that you had a podcast. Like absolutely love this video with X, Y, or Z. Anyways, I am this, that, and the other. Here's my life story. Here's my offer after this. It's like a Harry Potter novel in your DMs just makes you want to throw it to the trash. So if I'm giving any recommendations here, you have to come in like a real human being actually come in with some value and be like, Hey, I saw your podcast. Like curious, how many podcasts do you do a month? Oh, I do X. You know, then you start the conversation. You start talking after that. Then they might start to pitch you short form content. They might say, Hey, I, I didn't see you at a, a TikTok. Maybe they saw you were only doing YouTube shorts. Now they have some ammo to actually, you know, use to pitch you to jump on a meeting to, you know, close you through the DM. So a lot of people go for the kill too early when I, when I see it on, you know, the DMs, I would say if you can stick to patience and try to take a two to seven day window of, I'm not going to try to book for, go for a meeting here, but really just have a conversation in these two to seven days, you're going to have a much better chance of getting these people onto a quick call because it's like the next step. Hey, we've been talking in like two to seven days. I'd love to just connect with you. That yeah, we're right like wasting sounds... our time by continuing to keep sending these long messages. Exactly. It's the next human step, right? It's like, you don't just off the first bat gun. If you just met someone on the street, you get their phone number and you're like, Hey, let's start FaceTiming every night. Like that's, they're gonna be like, dude, I literally just met you. But if it's yep. like, you're talking and back and forth, and then you realize they're in this, you have some similarities. It's like, dude, let's jump on a call. I think maybe my, my business might work with your business. We might have some synergies. And if not, it's good to just connect. So if you take that approach, where you're, where you're not coming in like a needy person really trying to push for, please buy my offer, please buy my offer. You're going to have a much better chance of booking these quote unquote meetings. And I even hate to call them meetings now, you know, on, on Twitter chat. because it's just to chat. Like it's literally just to shoot the shit and jump on and be like, 
dude, this is what I do. I want to hear more about your business. Let's see how I can help you out. If you take that approach, you'll have way more success in the, in the Twitter DMs. How are you personalizing in mass, right? Cause you're saying shock and approach, but you're also saying come across and be personal. How are you doing that? Good question. I actually think the best is a combination of two, if you have the time, but if you are doing mass kind of shotgun approach, it's not high personalization using their first name to catch their attention and then asking them a short question, like got an idea for you, got something you might like. I think you'll love this talking like a human being where they're going to say, yeah, hit me with it. And then the, the real personalization comes in the meat of the conversation where you guys are going back and forth. You have maybe have an inbox manager doing that. Maybe you still have time to do that. That's where the personalization, the human connection starts. The first message doesn't have to be super personalized. It's just to get a response out of the person. As soon as you get the response out of the person, you can start working the conversation, asking, asking questions there and qualifying from that point on. That's where I feel like people actually care. Not necessarily on the first message. You don't have to come in and say, hey, I, I know your grandmother. I'm, how's the weather down in you know X, Y, or Z? Like It doesn't have to be that personalized. It just says, are they going to respond or not? If the answer is yes, and then you start to work the lead after that. How have you gotten customers for Contact Bird? I know how I found the platform, but I don't know if that's yes. the same funnel everyone went through. Yes, I would say at this the boy point Luca right found now, me. So yeah, yeah, we have we have affiliates, which has been really helpful. Um, I'd say ninety percent of our acquisitions have come through the DMs and Twitter. Um, Back to the, 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 rest, the good story, the, the full circle. Oh, it's literally like when people ask, like. You know, do I have case? Do you have any case studies? Do you have any testimonies? It's like, yeah, we, we actually do have that, so we can send it to them. But it's like we're having a conversation right now. What else do you need? The conversation has started. This is a walking testimony. You're considering of like, giving me money because I sent you a cold DM. You you will be able to do the same with someone else. Yes. It's the exact same game. So it's like, it's it's we're we're a walking testimony, like a, a walking case study, because like they are basically seeing our message, we're having a conversation, and now they're actually interested in our offer. That is, I would say is we use Contact Bird to sell 90, 85% now because we're running ads and you know everything else on top of it now too. Um, but it's also free acquisition cost to us because we own the platform, we can just run it yeah, from you there. But for the, yeah, exactly. That's what we did for you the first. Have, you don't have to expense the Contact Bird subscription. <laughs> I wish we could. You got but, that coupon uh, code. Yeah, the owner, the the SaaS founder coupon code. But yeah, we've we really have acquired customers like practicing what we preach. Um, but that still takes a lot of time. So we're trying to find a more scalable way. Um, but we and again, actually, contact board was built for first and foremost B two B offers, right? Yes, where you're going to make LTV per for per deal one to ten thousand exactly. dollars, right? Versus exactly. you're going to make. 100, 150 a month from some people, but that's just requires 10 times as many people. Exactly. So. And I highly recommend to everyone who, unless you are in the SaaS game where you're building equity on the side, if you are not building equity, you need to be doing high ticket. Like there's just, there's just no way around it these days. Like, again, if we go back to the same model of like, I'm selling $10 profit t-shirts, you're gonna have to sell a lot of t-shirts to hit hundred grand that year. If you're selling even a $2,000 service and you close $5, like $2,000 a month and you close five people, like you're, that's only five people you gotta make happy, right? Yep. And convince them that, that your offer's worth it. So you're completely right. Contact Bird was built for that. Now we have some interesting case studies of people pushing for lower ticket offers, but it's, it's always the start of the funnel. So it's a low ticket offer that they get on board. They build a relationship with those clients. And get them on the email list. To, yeah. Bingo. Now you sell them the higher ticket thing a month, two months later down the line. So, you know, I think 
even for you, you know, with a podcast, like you might not be making any insane money from one viewer jumping on, but now they see your brand. Now they know who you are. They follow now they me. might just reach out to you. Exactly. Now they might just reach out to you to connect and then they might need a high ticket offer that you're selling on top of that too. So it's really just to start the conversation. That's all contact bird is used for. Obviously, since it's a numbers game, having a high ticket service on top of that just makes it a no brainer after that point. But any, any sort of outreaching or marketing, like we want to be the one-stop shop, you know, for Twitter. Yeah, I've been doing one where, uh, so I interviewed the founder of Swapstack, which is like a newsletter mm. ad marketplace for yes. Substacks. And yes. I DM'd everyone who follows Swapstack, the company's page, right? Yes. Hey, I see you follow Swapstack. I, th you know, I thought you might find this behind the scenes interview with the founder to be kind of interesting. Yes, I love that. Like amazing targeting, very, very related to, you know, the people that are sitting in there. Like very, 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 relatable in in the sense where it's like this is the next step next step to check out you know what you're already following and you are just collateral because you just sent it to them and now they know you too so it's like exactly. it's an absolute no-brainer i mean that's great targeting on your part what do you think about sending links and because i know like if we if we go back to the email marketing world right you don't want to send a link in your first cold email because deliverability and anti-spam yes uh same thing been, so yeah that's what, I, what i've been struggling with with that strategy Mind yes, if, I could just rephrase it, I guess, like, mind if I, you know, would you be interested in watching this interview? But that doesn't, it's not quite as like, it. just, hey, literally, here's the interview. But right, it's, I wanted to ask it's, you about that. It's a good question. It, I actually treat it the same as email. Like if I see a link in there, you know, like, and especially in for you, you have a legit page. So like people look at your page, you got a, and they, they know you got a thousand followers. Yeah, yeah. They trust you. You not everyone's like you. So if I see someone with 16 followers, and they're sending me a link, it's like, and they have no profile picture, they don't have any profile optimization. It's like, are these people stealing my credit card, right? Like, that's yep. what you, you you don't you can't trust I have these the people, mutuals, right? right? I have like followed by swap stack or something. Exactly. So yeah, you already you're walking you you have the walking case studies on your page. Like you are, you're a billboard of what you say. So it's like, okay, when they come to the page, they know that you're legit. I wouldn't say it's that big of a deal with you. I always think though, if you even just went, if you waited two more like questions past that, like, Hey, are you, you know, ask them a little bit more, ask them about their interests, maybe about, you know, the company or the, the account, like saw yeah, you why follow, like Joe Rogan. Why exactly. you follow him? Yeah. Why? Like, why? I'm curious to know why. Like, are you interested in this that, and the other? Oh, actually, I run this business. Oh, dude, that's super cool. Well, I actually run a podcast and I had this person on there. You, you like, here's the link if you're interested in it. It's already like you showed that you cared about them. Think about like if, if you're just like asking, asking, asking in the DMs and you're never like giving anything to people, you're just going to scare people away. So I try to wait to send a link. I, uh, we rarely ever send links now. Um, um, probably until maybe the 10th message that we're going back and forth is kind of what our salespeople are doing now. Um, I just think the more that you can have a normal conversation with someone, the more they're going to resonate with you, the more that they're going to be like, I'm interested to see what else you have. Because if you just ask off the bat, they're like, what does this person want from me? Like you're already, their guard is up. Your, your job is yeah. just to lower their guard. And then it's like, dude, I forgot to mention this. Like I literally had this person on my podcast. You want to check it out? Here it is. Now it's like, Oh, okay. We're just friends. Respect right? to not so, needing this too. Yes. If you are not selling, that is the best way to sell. I mean, it's like the Alex Ramosi approach. Like, and I have nothing to sell you. Meanwhile, he's also acquiring, you know, these companies and making tons of money on top of it too. Yeah. But it's genius. Like it's an absolute genius marketing approach. Yeah. I do like, uh, you know, cold email wizard Daniel says the opposite. I love him. He's, 
He's like, I, I do have something to sell you. He's like, if you're watching this video, it is because my end goal is for you to like my shit and eventually end up in client ascension. I, yes. I'm a, that is, but he's transparent about it. Yes. Well. So that's the other way you can do it. You can like have nothing to sell, nothing to sell, or you can be like, yes, I literally am trying to sell you this, but he's the way he said, it, he's like, look, I'm going to be in business for the next 40 years. He's like, I'm 24 yes. or 25, 26, yes. however old Daniel is. He's like, I would not be trying to get you in this and like ruin my reputation. If you did not, if I did not think this was the shit. Yes. And I also love that approach too. That is very much like kind of like the contact bar marketing too. Like we're human beings. Like he's a human being at the end of the day, he's trying to make money from a business. And he's telling you blatantly up front, I want your money but I'm going to give you something in return. It's not like yeah. he's like, I'm going to steal your money. It's like, I want your money. Exactly. And we offer not a good your money. Exactly. 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 That's the difference. People feel like they're getting swindled or people feel like you're stealing money from them. That you're not going to have a good taste in their mouth after that. So having those approaches there shows through. And again, he's on Twitter. He's obviously a, a master on Twitter, but he has the real human aspect about him too, which I think is the biggest thing on Twitter, having the human aspect, having a brand, having a tone, having a voice. And that should seep through to your cold DMs and on your meetings when you jump on people to close them. Speaking of the word master, in terms of this Twitter game, the DM game, the SaaS game, like what parts do you think you, you have mastered at this point and what parts are you still learning? That's a, that's a shout out to Andy Miranda. Uh, yes. That's a question that he posted. He had I love a tweet him. once that was like, my favorite podcast questions. And I just snagged that, put it in my notes. And so I love it. That's a Danny question. Danny's the goat. I, I, he's, he's a, a master of his craft, honestly, in terms of mastering man, definitely not the SAS world. Like no chance. Um, we're definitely still learning that, you know, even now, um, it's the first time I've ever jumped into that business. So I feel like, I don't know if I've mastered anything besides maybe, I'm very comfortable in like the tone and the approach that I'm taking. Like I'm, I'm very me on there and I, and you won't get anything else. Like, I don't care if I'm talking to someone who's buying, you know, 50 seats and they have series C's funding to, you know, someone who just wants to buy one seat, you get the same max every single time. So I think I'm, I've kind of evolved in that sense and like that tone and that branding and my own personal, like me, um, when I take that approach on marketing, but still so much to learn, man, like. I, I would not call myself the master of a Twitter game. I still need way more time in the game in like SaaS. Like, dude, we, we test new shit every single day. Like, I'm like, let's try this. Let's try that. Like one day, the one in the beginning, especially one day, the software is, you know, breaking the next day. We feel like we're on top of the world. So um, we're just now getting comfortable. We just passed 500 signups on the contact bird. I think last week. So like we're Sweet. just getting our good footing, you know, in, in the contact bird space um, and in the SaaS world, but like definitely haven't mastered it. And I, I hate to also peg myself, you know, as a master, even like I just turned 25. Um, I, I hate to say like, oh, I know everything. I'm a master of that. I think I'm good at certain things, but I don't think I'm, you know, a 10 on everything yeah, besides yeah. like me being max. I think like that thing I have pretty dialed in and either, you know, you either like it or you're just like, nah, this guy fucking annoys me. He's too well, That's much. probably something you're um, good so. at from TikTok, I imagine too. Like you had some very like personality type TikToks. Like, you know what I mean? Like you were, you were a personality on TikTok. You were just like a, a guy who's like, I'm going to talk about the book. It doesn't really matter who I am. Like that wasn't, like yes. your, that wasn't your, your voice at all. Exactly. And I think, um, I, I learned that from like a very young age, like seeing like YouTubers growing up, like everyone's playing the same game, but they only like them because they're, they're, you know, their personality, like that's why people like them. So it's like, 
veteran can play the same game and make a lot of money and the only difference is their personality then they just have to be them so i think that's something i've played when i i know how to play that kind of in the marketing space um and i like to resonate with like humans and i think that's very very slept on is like just connecting with another person is like it's very much like please buy my offer it's not like please care about me. Like I, I actually want to make sure I can make you money before you sign up for, you know, my, my offer. I think that's another thing that I just play on too. And I don't know if that's just because I've seen the corporate world where it's like, you know, let's get funding. Let's, let's get all these pretty presentations and you have to do all that stuff. And it's like, dude, I just want to do the thing that works. Like whatever's going to get me paid, let's just do that. Um, obviously, you know, if it's in the, if it's in the realms of business, you know, like we're not selling meth out the back, but you know, if it, if it gets me paid, like, Let's just do that. Like, let's just double down on those things. So I think personality is one thing that I think I got in my, my deck of cards. Do you have a, if you're able to share a, like one of those 500 people, like a pretty cool success story of some that's not yourselves. Like some using Man. contact bird. We've gotten some really cool ones. Um, I, it's tough because I love all of them. Like I like the, yeah. we just I got sold time a... for two. So yeah. Okay, <laughs> I got cool. time for more than I, one. I, I, the, I the reason one, why I like, but, yeah. I, I like, I like the, I closed my first client. Like that is like the biggest leap. Um, we get those a lot where it's like, you help me book my first client. Um, but then also like the ones where it's like, they sell a $7,000 service and they close four or five people. It's like, they just made an insane amount of ROI. So they're equally as important in my book. Obviously, making a lot of money is, is great. Um, but I also, the ones that really warm my heart is like, my offer works, I made money. And it's like, dang, that's crazy. And like seeing threads that people post about Contact Bird, like where it's like, here's what I'm using with Contact Bird and here's how I close my first client or here's how I'm booking, you know, 10, 15 meetings a month. I look at that and I'm like, the reason why I love SaaS so much is I'm just a tool in someone's toolkit to make them a ton of money. So it's like, I, that's, that's so rewarding for me. So it's tough for me to pick out one that I'm like, this was the coolest testimonial ever because I love, I love the little ones where it's like, I signed my first client or I booked my first meeting or, you know, the ones that are massive where it's like, yo, we just made $45,000, you know, from DMS this month. Um, it's like, those are both equally cool to me, but I have a certain place in my heart where it's like that first dollar online is like, your mind is unlocked and you're like, holy yeah. shit, I can actually do this. So it's tough to pick one. Um, it's tough to pick one, but I love both of them like equally as much. Let's do a couple more Twitter kind of themed questions. Who are your like two to three favorite followers right now? Like who are you currently learning the most from on Twitter? Man favorite or learning or different because like yeah i, I love I like, I like some like right-wing schizo accounts just for fun <laughs> yeah. right like right it's the logue fits private it... feed's been on fire lately yes like but those, i don't know if i'm learning um... the most from him it's just <laughs> right. certainly entertaining i, I am that's, learning a lot from him thing. on like and some other stuff but his, his twitter account right. not so much but great personality like at yeah. the end of the day he's he's got a great personality he says like, some he egregious so things him. So, it's so him though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you will not copy him because that is so him. So the people that I love, like I love Cody Carnes. I love um Graham. He's a ghostwriter. Um I love is Brandon. He the Monopoly guy? Who's... Yeah. Okay. Graham. We've Jay, been in the DMs. He's, he's been chatting me up. I love him. Dude, definitely whatever he says, believe him. He's one of he out of we have tons of ghostwriters on um uh, a ton, a ton of ghostwriters on Contact Bird. He's by far, like if not top one, he's top three. So I, I love him so much. Like those accounts, I laugh. Like I like to look at those because 
again, they're human beings. Like they're saying something funny and they're making great money every single month. I think people think like, especially in the LinkedIn world, like you got to be polished and you got to have a beautiful resume and all this shit. It's like, dude, these people are literally making like outlandish comments and closing tens of thousands of dollars a month by doing this. And it's like, that just makes me so happy. But learning, man, I don't know if there's someone specifically that, let me think, I would have to go through like my feed. I really like Dakota Robinson, um, someone who I really look up to and someone I've learned a lot from um, in the space. Um, JK Molina, he's, he's definitely someone that I love too. Like being able to talk to him and just learn from him has been really helpful for myself. And I'm, I'm biased because like, um, it's one thing to know these people. Like when I first joined Twitter and started liking their stuff, it's different when I actually know them on top of it too, where I can like sit down and like really have a conversation with them. I look at their content differently now. So for better or for worse, um, that was, that was tons of accounts. Yeah. That was solid. It's it's a good list there. Oh yeah. I like them all. Like I like the funny things to, you know, keep the timeline light, but I also like the strategic things where it's like, damn, I've never thought about it that yeah. way. That I just too. missed uh, the weekly call with Dakota for client ascension. It's it, I did this instead of that. So sorry, Dakota. Not the, <laughs> he's Dakota's the man, dude. a regular listener. Not yet. He's a beast. Yeah. He's he will cool. be. I'll send this to him. He'll be Hell listening. Yeah. I'll send it to him. We'll both send it. He'll just, I'll contact bird, send it to him. Just <laughs> yeah. I'll send it to all of his followers. <laughs> yeah, literally, everybody, literally everyone. Hey, saw you Tell Dakota. I say his name once in this episode. <laughs> please watch it. Please, please subscribe watch it and also buy moment. my ten thousand dollar offer. Exactly. Thanks. <laughs> please and thanks. And also read the Harry exactly. Potter series. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. Oh my! I uh, you made a point there. I was trying to remember. Not about the co- the Ghost Raiders. Not about Dakota. Oh, about J.K. This was the point I wanted to get to. Yes. Uh slightly less relevant because i think he sold tweet hunter but what what are your kind of thoughts on like competition like tweet hunter because i know they might have some sort of prospecting tools in the pipeline there's another yes. one i forget what it's called i'll send it super send is doing twitter dms now too like what's yes. your philosophy around the competition uh, overall i think competition is great i think that is one of the best ways to stay that is probably like the best way to stay on top of your game and not settle the competition like eases you on like you better start thinking because you have people on your ass 24 7 and that's only going to lead to constant improvement if it was just us on twitter um you know we would have a monopoly and we could just be cool with the features that we have but seeing what other people are doing one is going to improve us and two like really push you know contact bird to be the best tool out there so that's the first thing when it comes to it um you know, I think, I think it's really going to come down to like, who has the best community again, like the example that I gave earlier, the, everyone can play call of duty, you know, on, especially back in the day, like everyone can play call of duty and monetize it their own way. There's tons of creators that still make millions of dollars in money. Right. So it's the same platform, the same tool, the same, you know, everything it's really going to come down to the personality. And then, you know, everyone's going to have very similar features. Some might have better this, some might have better that, but at the end of the day, it's like, building the community around it and making it cool. Like I think, and I told Raul this too, like instantly has, he's, he's one of the founders of instantly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Nils and Raul, like, um, I think there's four of them total, but I, when I was talking to Raul about this, like I told him like, y'all made email cool. Like he, like you can post a screenshot of your instantly, you know, campaign on Twitter and get a hundred likes on it. Like, and you're just sending cold emails. So it's like, they made it cool. And I think, 
you know, Limless has been around, like email has been around for a while now. Like even mass sending email has been a while now. Now we got right, the bells go going the hour again. mark. That's oh so funny. gosh. <laughs> no, but no, um, that mic's doing a pretty good job of not getting the church bells in. It's not. Okay, good. Hopefully yeah. it's not making anyone's the, ears they, bleed. Yeah. But yeah, having, having whatever your service and making it cool. And then also giving them the, the roadmap and the blueprint to make money with your tool is the best way to do it. Um, and I think, you know, having competition there, you're going to sift out people just based off of the community that you built and the people that trust you at the end of the day. Um, that's what I really think about it. And I think overall, it's great. Like, I think it's great for the marketplace. If someone has a really good feature, we're going to add it too. Like, we want to give the marketplace the best, you know, outreach tool on Twitter. Well, is like your two to three year kind of personal and business vision for yourself, for Contact Bird, for your online content creation? Like, what are you building towards, let's say, the next thousand days? Yeah, good question. And personal and business really do go close hand in hand um, because business is like my favorite thing to do, like build businesses. Um, in terms of the business, I think if we could exit Contact Bird in 18 months, I think that would be great. Um, I think that would be such a cool experience to see, you know, selling, you know, the SaaS itself. Um, I think, you know, getting to $100,000 MOR would be really cool um just because it's like it's just a, a milestone in a, in a landmark that i would really like to hit um we want to get four thousand users by the end of this year is kind of like our goal that we're shooting for right now um so we'll see what we can do there but yeah just really building it up seeing what it's like to have a SaaS that you know pays really well and then look to exit it you know would be a really cool thing and then i'm not leaving SaaS anytime soon my business partner steven and i will be a. Uh, We'll definitely be in the SaaS game for, for the long run. So finding SaaS. exactly that's I think it's the best business model out there. I'm I'm very biased towards it. So starting another SaaS after that, um, something that you know solves another problem and something actually interesting enough. Like what I want to do in the future is build a SaaS that lives alone, not being based off of like Twitter or being dependent on another source. Sure. Um, I think that's something else that we want to do, but. In terms of goals, 4,000 users by the, the end of this year, I can't even think so much in five years because I told myself like four months ago, I want to get in SaaS in five years and here we are. So yeah. um, I can only think like at a year at a time, but I think build that up and either live off the MRR and you know have a lot of fun with the, with the MRR um, or exit and see what that process looks like there. And then personally, um, I really, I think, Let's see. Again, they mesh so close with each other. But I think one of the things that I really want to work on is like being like really comfortable with silence because I'm always like high energy. I love business. I love to jump to the one thing to the next. I always like having plans to do something. I always have another meeting after this. Um, something that I think that I lack is like being very, very comfortable in silence because I'm always trying to think of something new. So that's a that's a goal that I've been working on just for you know personal sake too. But again, they they they're so close hand in hand. Um, but yeah, those I would say are the two goals. I got to do like a cool, like no code SaaS series. So I had Alex from Closeify on and I had you got to figure I love like Alex, a, like a third guy to, uh, to round it out. I asked Alex, I was like, what should I ask Max in this episode? He's like, just ask him the contact word story. It's, 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 it's good enough for a whole episode. I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, dude, Alex is, Alex is the man. I love Alex and no code SaaS. Um, something I know we really didn't touch on here because contact bird is complete custom database, but yeah, it's true. It's not uh, no code SaaS at all. Yeah. But still, still no code in general is like is is so cool where people can get into the highest in my opinion 
out of all business models out there, SaaS being the highest leverage business model, the fact that you can do that without knowing how to code effectively is a superpower now. So if someone wants to get into SaaS and they don't have, they didn't look out and find a, you know, a partner where they can split equity on, look into no code, like try it out, see what happens, make your first dollars doing that. I know people that have sold no code SaaS for millions of dollars. So it's, it's doesn't have to be a custom database. The cool thing about a custom database though, is just like, you know, works. having another, yeah, <laughs> if, if, it's, it's good to have someone who can literally build what you dream. So, um, no code, you might have some limitations at some points, but yeah, for anyone that is listening to this and to this point, like look into no code SaaS, especially if you have an agency and if you don't have someone that will split equity with you, you just have to have, you know, cash on the side. Because like, if we were to build a minimal viable product of what we're doing, I mean, it probably would cost 50K to really build what we were doing. And then to get to where we're at, probably 250K. So like to have the equity in someone's brain, you know, to, to really build this with was a freaking, I mean, I hit the lottery there. So no code will be your friend to build something for like $6,000. And then, uh, yeah, after that, see what you want to do after that. But SaaS is the best. So I will definitely be playing the SaaS game. And huge shout out to Alex. I, I love the hybrid SaaS agency model. And I think he's going to be switching more into SaaS later down the road, um, diving more into that. But he's he's the GOAT. No, Alex is crushing it 100%. I love him. I love him so much. Thinking a couple final questions here. So I'm going to copy my Danny Miranda question. Uh, Dickie Bush had another thread. Uh, so mm. not Danny Miranda, but Dickie Bush. That was like yeah, his yeah. favorite questions. So I, I screenshot that, put it in the same note. Uh, and one of those yes. questions, what is something that's important to your daily routine that you wish you started doing sooner? Man, what a good freaking question. I don't know if it's necessarily like a specific thing. And this is like super, super simple. Um, the, the concept is very simple. The execution is what I find is really hard. Um, but in terms of like, Adding, if you could do this every single day, the difference in your business from now and three months will be a completely different business. And it's really sitting down, putting your phone away and doing like the deep work every single day. I don't care if it's, you know, Saturday, Sunday, you know, if you just even take 10 minutes to do the deep work on like actually doing the thing that you need to do. That is what's going to move the boulder every single day. I think a lot of people try to get in these fancy routines and, you know, if I work out at 7am and do this, like. Dude, all those things, you know, are great when you're in a routine, but as soon as you travel, as soon as something, you know, comes up and you can't do that thing at 7 a.m., are you still going to do that thing that you have to do? And I think that right there, like that realization of as, as long as I get these boulders that need to be moved every single day moved, it's it's crazy how how far the business will go. And it's like such a simple concept, but people get very, very caught up on the bells and whistles on like, I need to have instantly before I can send, you know, emails. I need contact before I can rip cold DMs. It's like, no, you can just do it. Like you can literally do it. Obviously it might not be the best use of your time, but you actually do it at the end of the day. And I think like if every day, you know, I still continue to push the boulder a little bit more. Uh, yeah, that's, that has been a huge game changer for me personally. And something I really want to do in the future as well. Amazing. I think this will be the final question. If you were a beginner and you didn't have any capital or like, you know, negligible amounts of capital, like you could, you know, you could like work and drive for Uber. You could like have a job making 10 to 20 bucks a night. Like you'd have some money, but not like yes. uh, several, not lots of money. What would yes. be some offers that you would be starting like businesses to kind of go from zero to a couple tens of thousands of dollars in the bank and kind of get yourself some footing to, to go for bigger things down the line, but just to get started. <laughs> Yeah, I would give, I'm going to give one very specific one that I think is playing on the trend um, 
of Twitter. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm super biased, but you can start this with literally like zero dollars. If you can effectively write, and I'm not talking about like, I was not very, I was not a good writer. Like I made like, okay, grades, you know, in English, I wouldn't consider myself as a writer. I'm a much better public speaker. But if you have decent writing abilities, and you can, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes, and you can like, really connect with people. I think the ghostwriting route is by far the best route out there. The offer specifically would be approaching people and saying, I will book you meetings on your calendar and you do not pay me unless they show up for these meetings. So there's no setup fee. There's no retainer. It's all off results base. The only investment that I would say that you would make on your side is Tweet Hunter and Contact Bird or Hype Fury. You know, they're great, but I'm I'm biased with JK. But um, and I use Tweet Hunter myself. So Tweet Hunter to schedule all of their posts, to write everything out, to leverage your time as effectively as possible. It's like 50 bucks. And then Contact Bird on top of that is another 50 bucks to do all the outbound. So you run the inbound funnels for these people and the outbound funnels and you book the meetings for 50 to $150 a pop, paint their calendar with meetings. And then, I mean, if you even do... 10 to 30 meetings a month, like you're making good money. So I think in terms of a trend, like actionable things, you could start a ghostwriting agency tomorrow. Obviously, some people are going to be better than others. But if you can write, you can put yourself in someone's shoes, you can relate to the people that they're trying to reach, dude, you're going to make a killing, an absolute killing. So that's the best offer that I think is on the table, even with like, and again, like, I love instantly, but even using instantly, that's $97 off the bat. And then you have to pay for all those leads. So, yeah. you know, you have to pay for all the leads. Most of those leads, you know, aren't going to like you, but it's still a numbers game. You know, Twitter's there for the taking and a great opportunity to jump on. So if I were to do that, I would do that again. Um, and I would definitely push that offer right there. But yeah, that's, uh, that's what I would say. If I were to, you know, restart everything, I would run with that offer. Why do people pay for meetings just for people who are like, that, like a lot of, I, I get it at this point, but like, you know, if I was listening to this and I'd be, as a beginner, I would be like, why would someone pay $50 for, for a meeting? Like, great question. I think that's like so, a belief you have to break for someone to actually take action on that idea. Yes. If you want to scale, scale effectively and you want to like make good money, you should only be focused on dollar driven activities. So jumping on a sales call and closing someone in 30 minutes to, you know, sell a $2,000 offer, that's a really good 30 minutes. If all of your other time could be delegated where you're not going to be making a dollar from it, like outreach, you know, or, you know, posting tweets or something like that, and you can give that to someone else, you're leveraging your time a really much more effectively. So if someone's booking you 30 meetings a month, you're paying them $50 a meeting, that's 1500 bucks a month. It's like, damn, I don't want to give them $1,500 a month. It's like, well, you need to do either one of two things. One, you need to close more, um, whether it's a, a smaller offer, you need to close more people or you need to raise your prices because you're playing the numbers game at the end of the day. If you know that you're going to be probably paying someone a thousand to $1,500 to book you X amount of meetings a month, then okay, just charge that charge one close as how much you have to cover them. And then every single person after that is, you know, pure profit on the month. And again, like close things that are retainer based. So like, you pay, you have to pay that person $1,500 a month. It's like, dang, that's a lot of money. But it's like, no, even if you break even the first month, you hold those people for three to six months, you are cruising on money after that. So um, you really have to pay, play the lifetime value game of like, let me get an agency. Let me get these people on for a thousand, two thousand $2,000 a month and run it from there. And you have to give in order to get like, I, you have to give, if you want to scale effectively, you just have to invest money or you have to invest your time. And I think your time should be focused on dollar driven activities, like closing people. 
There you go. That's the uh, the framework you can use in your meetings about meetings. Yeah. In your DMs. Yeah. Uh, that are just conversations at first before they're sales conversations. Please. You will, I, I will thank you and they will also thank you as well for doing that. But I have a question for you. Where do you see, you know, your podcast going in the future? Do you see it more as I get to have cool conversations with people and, you know, build a brand around this? Or if it's like, I really want to go the sponsorship route and make this my full-time gig, or is it, I want to get people to like me and consume my content and then sell them an offer later down the road. I'm curious to know kind of what your take is and where do you see the podcast going in the future? So I think the reason the podcast is sustained as long as it has, because this is, we're going on three years, right? This is not like a, a new project. That's great. Yes. And, or like it will be the three year mark and then we'll be embarking upon at the beginning of year four, right? Yes. Uh, and the most durable motivation, I think, is just very intrinsic, right? Like I want to, the followers are necessary. The followers, yes. subscribers, analytics, good numbers are necessary to have the credibility to bring on people on the show, right? Yes. So it's like certain people, guests of a certain caliber are not going to say yes to this interview because it's not worth their time to do unless there's a yes. certain minimal level of reach, right? So it's like, you know, someone who's got a YouTube channel with 3 million subscribers is unlikely to want to come on a podcast with under a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Uh, yes. Though that has happened before. I, like that has yes. happened. But the point is it's like, increase our hit rate. It's just like what you're saying about my profile on Twitter and like why people answer my DMs because I have the blue check and people are going to answer the yes to the pitch uh, when they see those indicators of credibility. And first and foremost, it is still just about wanting to continue to learn and develop and grow and like enjoy. I just enjoy meeting people. I'm a people person. Uh, again, yes. it's kind of like what you're saying about your friends and TikTok, right? Like yes. In your, wherever you were at that point in life, 2020, your immediate in-person front group wasn't into the thing, right? They were not into personal yes. development books and you wanted someone to talk to about those things. Uh, for yes. me, I've actually kind of solved that problem quite a bit. I like, I moved to a pretty nice apartment building in Arizona. A lot of, almost everyone here is like an entrepreneur and like interested in the same stuff. Uh, but that being said, it's so, like, I kind of have solved like the, my in-person community doesn't share my interest problem that like the podcast yes. originally kind of was born to solve. But that being said, yes. it's like, there's only so many people that live in this building, right? I mean, it's like, I kind of know most of them at this point or feel like I do. And uh, there's new books that come out. Like I want to speak with authors of, of books when they, if a new book comes out and it's going to be like the bestseller in a category, like I want to be able to have access to that person. It's just very selfish. I just like reading the book's cool, but talking to the author's cooler. And I want to be able to talk to the author. Uh, financially, right now, near term, next year or two, I think I'm going to make the majority of my income from Orbit, which is my agency uh, doing data and analytics work. Again, it's like that. for a podcast to make $2,000 a month, you need a lot of income. Yes. But for me to uh, get another $2,000 a month into Orbit, I just need to get on contact yes. word a little bit more consistently. You know what I mean? I just need to be a little bit <laughs> more, more consistent. DMs. Exactly. That's Rip, it. Rip more yeah. DMs. So it's like, I would have to, to make two grand, three grand, five grand a month from the podcast, I'd have to be pretty substantial, right? That's just, you need yes. a lot of, you need a lot of audience for that. And yes. to get a lot of audience quickly, sometimes you have to, just, do, I don't know, just growth tactics. Point is, uh, the, I enjoy doing the podcast for its own sake. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy helping, you know, yourself. If you like have a VA or you have an, an editing team, mm -hmm. you know, you can, I can send you the raw footage and you can chop this up and use it for ads for contact, right? Like you could go exactly. do that super easily. Like that's a nice thing you can do now. It's like, I forced you to sit down for an hour and tell the story. And now you can go send these to some agency and start ripping these on TikTok and just do it. Exactly. Uh, so it's, it's, yes. it's, it's very much for its own sake. Uh, yes. But after two years from now, after I kind of have a more, let's say stable income from the agency, 
I'd be, I would love to do this full time, do seven interviews a week, travel, do them in person, things like that. But that's not, I could do exactly what I'm doing right now for a long time, if necessary, in terms of just riverside.fm, meeting people like yourself, you know, having a reason for us to have a conversation, a fall conversation besides just like, I'm one of the, an early adopter of your tools. So let's have an onboarding session, right? <laughs> right. It's, like, it's a reason for a follow up with the types of people I enjoy meeting. I love it. I, I honestly think like before I even got into the SaaS where I always thought podcasts, like being a podcaster, having people on your podcast is the coolest thing because you get to talk to people at the top of their game in any niche or anything like that. Exactly. Obviously, the more followers, like you say, the cooler the people you can get on. You you know, you might like Matthew McConaughey's book. You get to talk to Matthew McConaughey like that would be sick. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, you get to leverage your audience and leverage the eyeballs beneath you where they just want to have a conversation with you for an hour. And I think like that is such a cool thing where you can just talk to so many people. You have so many more connections and you get to be able to learn so much yourself. And then obviously everyone else that listens with it, you know, to, to the podcast gets to learn on top of that. I didn't realize that would be kind of similar with SaaS, but I get to talk to so many cool people. I get to make so many cool connections where it's like, I, we have, you know, 500 people that I can connect. Oh, you need a ghostwriter. This is the best one. Just like I was saying with Graham, like he's my favorite. Um, you know, I'm obviously biased because I, I love him as a person too. So, you know, I think being able to talk to multiple different people in everyone's, you know, game is so cool. Like being able to talk to legends in the space is a superpower in itself. So I love that. It's very cool to, uh, to hear that, you know, coming from your side of things. And I appreciate you breaking down kind of the, the framework and giving people a persona of like, here's the podcast, but I'm going to build up the agency and then maybe focus on this, you know, maybe more on the business side of things too. So I love that. Absolutely. I mean, love even it. just in this conversation, right. It's like, you spit a lot of game about how to use outreach for how to use cold outreach for offers. Like I'm gonna use that. I'm going to use that yeah. for, for what I'm doing. You know, I so. love it, dude. It gets you paid. It works. It's a numbers so. game. Even if your if your offer is shitty and you're sending twenty thousand DMs a month, you're and you have a two thousand dollar product, you're getting paid on that month. Like that is just a numbers game. Obviously, the better you get, the better your numbers look, and the higher your conversions and these type of things. But it's a numbers game at the end of the day. Like you kiss a lot of frogs, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. That's just what it's going to come down to. Yeah, you uh, you're the one who introduced me to Luke, right? That was you, Luke from Zapier. Yes, Luke yeah. Ward. Yeah, I love Luke. I've been He's I've been really abuse. inspired by his uh his use of Twitter for his business because very similar offer, and yes. I kind of had like a a bit of a belief about like oh it's hard to like get a tech sell a tech offer on Twitter versus like he's crushing it. But though. he's crushing it, and yeah, uh, I need to start just like doing a lot of things. I, I started doing some work last night with my business partner. Like let's do an inventory of every single thing that we've done for our clients, so I can start talking. Yes. So I can start writing these threads. It's like. Okay, in the past six months, we've built 30 dashboards These in these five industries, right? These are the KPIs, Wild. blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yes. And then in the past- He does such a good job of that. So uh, we, we started, I can all screen share you for something after, but like, yeah, that's, it's pretty cool. So Dude, yeah, let's- Luke's uh, the man. Connect with him too. Like he's, I don't know if- Yeah, everyone should follow Luke, everyone should follow Max and everyone should follow Alex and everyone else we talked about too. <laughs> Yeah, everyone, everyone follow everybody. But yeah, dude, those, it's it's crazy. Like just seeing what other people have to offer. And then I get to connect the dots. There's amazing exactly. Same superpower you have with the podcast. But no, dude, I, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Keep crushing your offer too. like just be a maniac when it comes to content and DMS and you will get more meetings. Well, my new thing is the, this is the, this, this is probably the first podcast featuring the merch. I'm just this is my, this is my uniform, you know, dude, that's fire. The North Face. I love every that. day, all yeah. day. At the gym. I love that, dude. Yeah, everywhere. I love it. Rep so, it everywhere. Everywhere. I'm like, 
when it becomes summer in Arizona, I'll swap it out for, I don't know, a t-shirt or something, but I got a couple yeah. more months of, uh, of full, full zip season. I love it. I love it, dude. Keep repping the brand. So cool. Well, Max, thank you so much for doing this. Where should people is what is it? It's still a dot IO, right? Contact for dot IO dot IO. Yeah. Contact for London. IO. Is there a number? Is that 15? No, it's MVX. It's just like the A is flipped upside down. I couldn't get Max London. So it's MVX London on Twitter, uh, on TikTok and on Instagram. We've got it all branded all the way through on all of those. I'm the most active on Twitter. Um, feel free to hit me up there. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want to do all of your outbound and all of your outreach and automate that entire process, contact Bircher's place. That's your spot. Sweet, man. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me, brother. This was so much fun. That's going to wrap up this conversation with Max London from Contactbird. I had a blast. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Uh, three takeaways for me, and then we'll all be moving on to the next thing. The first takeaway is framing your conversations in the DMs actually as conversations. So a lot of people just, hey, I sell this. Do you want it as their opener? And that is just not the way to do it. The um, strategy that Max suggests is literally just trying to start a conversation. You're just trying to get a reply and then maybe three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's way too many. I was just counting. Uh, three, four, five replies. And then that's when you jump in and actually start talking about what you do and what they do. And if it's potentially, does it make sense to work together? Does it make sense to have a conversation about what I actually do? You're having a legitimate conversation rather than just saying, hey, you're in this position. You probably need this. Do you want it? People are just not gonna respond to that, especially on Twitter. The second takeaway, is about trying to leverage the lower traffic channels when getting someone's attention. So, you know, we all get thousands of emails a day, hundreds of emails a day, dozens of emails a day. I don't really know the exact number, but people get a lot of email, but still a lot of smaller accounts don't get that many DMs on a daily basis. So it is just a less traffic channel. So your DM is way more likely to be read than your cold email is likely to be read just from a pure volume play. The third takeaway is on the same points about volume. I think a lot of people are too quick to dismiss that what they're doing isn't working when in reality, all they needed to do instead was just send more volume, a higher quantity of messages. So a lot of people without automation only send five to 10 DMs a day. So that's 150 to 300 people per month that you're starting a conversation with that may or may not need what you're selling versus if you something like Contactbird, you can send I mean, 100 a day, 3,000 per month. That's a ton more people. So if you think about conversion rates, if 5% of people in a given market may be interested in what you're selling, the difference between getting that in front of 100 people a month versus 3,000 people a month is astronomical. So definitely get the volume up, more reps, more quantity before considering if what you're doing is or is not working. Those are my three lessons from this conversation with Max. I'm curious what you think as well. You can hit me up or hit Max up on Twitter to start a conversation with us about what you learned in this episode or what you thought was interesting. Otherwise, if you're not already, please make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you know about the next episode and I will see you there. Have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.